everyone to the Bakery Bears radio show. My name's Dan. And my name's Kay. And we're back for a very special walk today because we're not following the usual route. Many of you may remember in the first episodes of the show, we struggled to find a route that we loved. And we settled on a lovely woodland walk, which in, in the summer is perfect. But in the winter, as Kay showed us in episode <laughs> nine, it is not. Now, I'm looking forward actually to when it chills off a bit um, and freezes up because that's the moment when, you know, when everything ices over. Yeah, when the, fr- the ground freezes. Yes, that's the moment yeah. when all the sort of sloppy mud, which currently is adorning every corner of that Because it's been so wet again. Yeah. It's been, we've had tons and tons of rain again really the past have. few days. We really have. The river is, well, we'll see. We will. We'll, we will see so today. It, it's a lovely walk, actually, that we're going on today. And it's a walk we've never actually done. Not this, we've done bits of it before on the Baker Bears Radio Show, but we've never done it in full. So we're going to do it uh, in full today. And the beauty of this walk is it's paved all the way. It's paved all the way, and it's the walk that I do yes. most days. Yes, so that's which really is also nice. really exciting. Yeah, that's yes. really nice. It's going to be lovely to sort of explain to you the little bits and pieces that we see along the way. Neil, today we're here, and it's the 13th of December. Wow. Friday. Hey, guess what we just had after our lunch? Well, uh, well, I bet you they wouldn't need to guess too many times. No. Because it's the 13th of December. What possibly could we have had? <gasps> we had Christmas pudding after our lunch. It was delicious. <gasps> How naughty are we? With Jersey extra thick, thick double, double cream. cream. Oh, my goodness. It was like almost solid cream. It was absolutely fabulous. Do you know what? <laughs> I preferred that cream to the cream we had before. Oh, right. Okay. I, I thought that oh, that, that was... That was from Asda, I think. Right. So maybe that's why. That one really was like solid cream, that one before. Yeah, this that one, one was, there was more ooze to it. Yeah, this one was a bit softer and it was jersey cream. Yes. So it was lovely and golden coloured. It, it was. Always and it was a lovely Christmas pudding. It For those of you who Christmas know us well will know that our favourite bought Christmas pudding comes from the supermarket Sainsbury's. It's the one in the red cellophane. Just the normal box. Just standard. the normal one. We delicious. went high class once and it was we too alcoholic. Yeah, too alcoholic. Yes. The red one is delicious. Nice and light is what you want. Neil. At this time of year, I think most of us, who are parents, spend a lot of time thinking, don't we, about our children. We, we do particularly lately. And the Christmas that they're going to oh, have. Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, I, for me, it's one of the best parts of being a parent at yeah, Christmas. Yeah. Because I think, you know, even the most hardened, teenaged heart <laughs> is guaranteed to be melted by wonderful Christmas trees and a lovely advent calendar um, and and some thought-out presents. That's the key for me. We spoke about this Mm. in in the last episode in in Planning the Perfect Christmas. If you think about the perfect gift, then, you know, you're always going to be a winner. And I think we've done that this year. I think, you know, it's been a challenge. Yeah, we have. We have thought (laughs) long and hard, actually. And it's taken some time to get out of Bryony what she would like because she's all like... Oh, I don't know. Do you want this? Oh, I don't know. You know, anybody who's got teenagers well or known. had teenagers knows what we're talking about. And, you know, I can understand. We've spoken a lot about this recently, haven't we, you and I, Kay? Because, you know, I can certainly recall that time in my life mm. where you don't quite know what it is to be an adult. Yeah. And yeah. you certainly haven't forgotten what it is to be a child, but no. you're starting to be told or maybe shown by your peers at school that being that child isn't cool anymore so it's a tricky one but today's show it is all about parenthood it's a very highly requested show this lots of people have asked us to talk about parenthood and i think the first thing that we have to say a disclaimer at the very start of the show this is not a show where we're going to try and tell you how to parent i was going to say exactly the same thing that's not what we're here to do no what we're here to do is just to talk about our journey into parenthood because it's interesting yeah yeah (laughs) It's dramatic. It is dramatic. Police are involved. Yes. <laughs> uh, but also, just to talk maybe about, you know, some of the highlights of being a parent that we've experienced, yeah. some of the lowlights. Yeah. And, you know, just to talk about our our journey, our 14-year journey. Yeah. Just into, our, it's our yes. own personal experiences. Yes. So as and Dan said, we're not offering advice of any kind. No, no. It's just to let you know so please, what, what we've... Do not think known as a parent. Any preaching is going on. No. Because it isn't. Not at all. So look, I want to get out. Yes, I've not even got my shoes on. So I I'm think we should get my shoes. We should on. don our shoes yeah. and we should get ourselves out. 
know, it sounded like a clutch slipping or something. Or a fan belt. Or a fan belt, sorry, yes, you're right, fan belt. Or worse still, a timing belt. I don't know what that is. It's a timing belt. A timing belt is the belt which is attached to the part of your engine which drives the wheels. Right. If you have a problem with your timing belt, you are in deep trouble. Oh, really? And I was driving a car once when the timing belt snapped. Oh, no. What yeah. happens? Black smoke came out of the oh, back. I lost all forward motion. Oh, right. And coasted, thankfully, into a, a nearby... Um, Lay-by. Thank you. I wanted to say leeway. A leeway? <laughs> What's he talking about? A lay-by. Look, I've been watching Downton too much. I've started to use lots of posh words. I know. <laughs> it's just shocking. <laughs> I've done a few things recently where you've been like, what are you on about? <laughs> it's my public schooling. This is the problem. I actually had elocution lessons growing up. My, yeah, my sister, one of my sisters did, but um, she went to a particular school. I don't know why Donna went to. Donna went to Notre Dame instead of, the, instead of All Saints. We all went oh, to All Saints. Oh, folks, we're going to say hello to our postman in a minute. Oh, Steve, oh, Steve's walking this way. Watch him have a parcel for me as well. Oh, no. Well, no, he can still get under the back of the car. Oh, no, that's true. It'll be OK. Hello. Hi, Hi Steve. Steve, you OK? Yeah, we're not going to be long, so if you've got any parcels, just stick them under just, the back of the okay, car. No worries, I've got one from my driver anyway, so... Cool. Oh, wire. your driver, you have a driver. Yeah, I have a driver. That's cool. Wow. Driver? Yes. <laughs> Where are my parcels? Take me for lunch. <laughs> yeah, please. Steve is very special. He's, he's very special. We love Steve. He's because been our postman for many years. He has, and, well, he does lots of lovely things for us, which is great. I think yeah. it's always good to be... Close in, friends. In with your postman. Yes, close friends with your postman, but he also loves Star Wars. Oh, he's an absolute mega fan. In fact, compared to me... He's like the biggest fan in the world. Yeah, I'm, I'm nothing compared he's, to Steve. He's, <laughs> he's going to see the new one at half past midnight when it comes out. So, and it's a really long film. He's not going to get out until probably half past three in the morning. Yeah, he's got I'm to the... be at work at six o'clock. I'm disappointed in him, though, that he's not going to the IMAX. In no, New he's Cross. just going to the local one, just yes. because. Okay, getting... Is it because of the timing? Yeah, well, yeah. getting back from the IMAX as well, you'd, you'd, yeah. got, you'd add another hour onto you. Yeah, you'd have to go straight time to work. Being awake, he would have to go straight <laughs> to work. Yeah. Well, look, you're either a Star Wars fan or you're not. <laughs> the next crazy. time I, I speak to him, I'm going to rib him about this. <laughs> I mean, what sort of a you don't need sleep. <laughs> yes. It's not like you're on your feet all day, is no, no. it? I know, I know. <laughs> now look, we've procrastinated long enough. Do you see? It's Downton's fault. He's doing it again. What, that you said procrastinate? Yes, yes. Look at the berries on that tree. It's, I it's don't know gorgeous. What. I think it's a rowan. Oh, and the bird. Oh, bird was eating the berries. Oh. I think it's a rowan. It's completely yeah. devoid of leaves, but it's covered in berries. Really? They look like... Bright red. Grapes, yeah. like you could make wine. No, you could that? Is that a cobweb or is that a decoration from... I think it's a decoration from Halloween. It's a decoration from Halloween. From Halloween That's terrible. That house, that's the house that had massive spiders oh. all over its wall. Oh, it was no. horrible. Oh, no. It was properly scary. Stop procrastinating, woman. Sorry. Tell them the story. Gosh, what of how I became a parent? Yes. Well, let's not Goodness. start at the very <laughs> beginning. We'll save that for another show. <laughs> I don't think I anyone know. needs, no one needs to hear that part. No. <laughs> I was only pausing because I wasn't quite <laughs> sure where to begin, but I suppose we I should... We know where not to begin, Kate. No, we'll not begin there. Um, I suppose I should begin by saying that my whole life, I, I just, it never entered my head that I would be a parent. I just never, never had those urges. I met Dan when I was 31, so... I honestly thought that, you know, I would just never have children. And I wasn't sad about that. You know, I was quite happy, really. Um, but I met Dan and... You were a career woman. Well, I don't know that you'd say career woman. I wasn't high-flying or anything like that, but... You were working was, your way up, though. I was working, you know, and my life was, was work, really. Um, which, looking back on it, seems... A bit shallow now, I say that, but... Um, I think it's very easy to slip into that mould. Yeah. It's what, you know, I think there are pathways which people think they should follow. Yeah. And you end up following them. Yeah, and I, I enjoyed my life. I enjoyed that life of 
less responsibility, I guess, isn't it? You know, you don't, having children is a massive, massive responsibility and it just changes your life and it's not something that I ever wanted to do. Um, but then I met Dan when I was 31 and suddenly I thought, do you know what? The thing is that I you, you, I quite you... like a baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's so pretty it's funny. your fault. That's pretty funny. <laughs> Do you know what? I think I'd quite like a baby. <laughs> um, I wanted to have a baby with you. I think the problem was I'd just never found that person that I wanted to have a baby with. Oh, well, that's... Gosh, that's sweet. Well, yeah, well it's it true. is, isn't it? I mean, it's a lovely thing to say. But I just wanted to pick up on what you said there before about how it is how it changed your life and it's such a massive responsibility. I don't ever recall feeling, I don't know, I've never felt, what, what, people tell you, I remember when you were pregnant, people give you yeah. two stories. And to be fair, the majority of the stories that you hear are, oh my goodness, it's gonna be so hard. Yeah, that is what you hear mainly. You're, you're terrified. I wasn't, I wasn't terrified at all, I was... No, but if you listen to the stories yeah. which people tell you, oh my goodness, oh, you know, forget about going out. Yeah. You know, it just is an absolute... But I never was that sort of person anyway. No, but what I was going to say was, I've never felt, I've never really felt that weight of responsibility. Um, I probably have in more recent years, I think. Yeah. But that's just linked to my, my anxiety, I think, more than anything. Yeah, I think, though, that you would feel equally as worried about me as you do about me. Yeah. So, that, that, as you say, that's probably more... Yeah. But, I mean, do, yeah, you know, do disagree with me if you have felt the weight of responsibility at, at, at no, any point. No, I, I didn't feel it. Not, not like that, when she, you know, when she was little. I loved those years when she was little. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, I guess, yes. a little Sorry, bit. Sorry, that's my fault. But, so, um, you became pregnant? Well, I actually miscarried before I had Bryony. I was about 14 weeks, I think, was I? It was around Christmas, too. It was around Christmas, yeah. And I'd got pregnant very easily. And, you know, within a short amount of space of time of trying and just presumed everything was going to be fine. And As then, you do. Yeah. And I went for that sort of first scan, which is at sort of 12, 13 weeks. And they couldn't find a heartbeat. And I kind of wasn't even worried at that point, really. Yeah. Um, but then I'd gone for, well, no, it was a checkup actually. It was like a regular antenatal, prenatal, what's the word? The before word, checkup. The before one. Yeah, and it wasn't a proper scan, it was just. I don't know if it was an ultrasound or something, I can't fully remember. But anyway, they couldn't find a heartbeat. But they said at the time, sometimes you can't, you know, at this stage, because it's sort of hidden underneath or whatever. So they sent me off to the hospital the following week for a scan. Yeah. And the, the you know, the person who was scanning me just said straight away, you know, I'm really sorry, but, you know, what, what was in there is no longer alive. Crumbs. Um, and I hadn't actually miscarried as such um, so I had to have a little surgery I had to yeah. go in didn't I yeah just after the new year and have a little surgery just to sort out the situation yeah and then they just told me to wait a couple of months and then just try again so we did so we did and I got pregnant immediately again and thankfully this time I stayed pregnant um, and everything was fine, wasn't it? Yeah. Until I got to 34 weeks. Yeah. And then I went for a regular checkup, and my, um, I don't know what the levels are, but it's the levels that they check that's connected to your liver. Right. I'd been having some itching, hadn't oh, I? Yeah, Do you yeah, remember? Yeah, yeah. I was some really bad itching like around my feet and my ankles, and I'd mentioned this. Which is funny because that's what I got when I was on the medication. Yeah, that's true actually. We laughed about that, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> and said, oh, I wonder if you've got a liver problem. And I think it is connected. I did have. Yeah, it is connected to your liver. Yeah. And it turned out that I'd got this liver condition that you can get when you're pregnant. And it can be really dangerous. I think historically babies used to miscarry. You know, ladies used to, to die in. in um, 
childbirth when you're connected with that kind of thing. Yeah. So they went to me in hospital straight away. Yeah. I was at work. Yeah, I remember. I was at work, so sat at my desk. I was processing a loan application, I remember. Right, right. And I got this phone call and said, you know, you've got to come in straight away. And I was like, what do you mean I'm at work? I can't do that. And they just said, yeah, you've got to. You've got to come straight away. So I kind of like just went into this panic and my boss was really good and just said, right, just go, you know, just leave everything and go. So you, I think... I was at work too. You were at work and did you come and get me and I went home and picked up some stuff? No. No, oh, did yes, I? yes, yes, yes. We did because I had to go and pick up some clothes and yes. things. So we did that and then we went straight to the hospital and they admitted me. Basically, I stayed in hospital for two weeks. Yeah. They, you know, constantly were monitoring me every day, checking my levels. I did take a drug, actually, to try, you know, just to control the levels yeah. of the acids that my liver was producing. Yeah. And then after two weeks, they were kind of talking about inducing me. Yeah. Um, but then I developed really high blood pressure and I was seeing like spots in front of my eyes. It was, gosh, it really freaked me out. And then it turned into sort of preeclampsia situation. Yeah. So they induced me. And then that went horribly wrong. And I started bleeding really badly. And they had to C-section me very yeah, quickly. Very, very quickly. You've sped through this. I have sped through it, but within that, Within that time when they'd induced me, Dan had been with me obviously the whole time, but it got to about midnight, didn't it? Yes. And this, the midwives had all been fantastic. And then there was this one midwife. Well, they changed, didn't they? They changed shifts. Yeah. And this new midwife came on who I hadn't known, I hadn't seen her before. And she was awful. She just said to Dan, she's not gonna have it tonight, then you've got to go home. She also said, there's no way I'm allowing a man on this ward yeah. overnight. I mean, basically implying I was some sort of predator. <laughs> it was just ridiculous. So, so he I had, had no to choice leave me. But to go. He had to leave me, and about an hour later, my waters broke. So then they took me through. That was about two in, maybe about half past two in the morning, something like that. And then they took me through to sort of the labour ward were monitoring me and everything. And it's at that point where things went sort of started to go wrong because the midwife came in to check me. Gosh, and I remember, and she sort of like came out and her gloved hand was just covered in blood. Right. And she was like, right, I'm just gonna get a doctor. I was like, oh my God, oh my God, what's going on? And the doctor came in and said straight away, right, we've got to, we've got to section her. You know, the baby's in distress and We've just got to get the baby out. So I said, well, what about my husband? And they've been trying to get hold of you yeah. since my waters broke. Yes. But the problem was, at the time, we lived in this little village. There was no mobile phone reception. No. We did have a landline. But, but it was land in the kitchen. The landline was in the kitchen. You were asleep upstairs. Yeah, because as soon as my head hit the pillow, yeah, I, mean, I remember driving home. I'd been at home and it was about half past one, I think, when I yeah. got into bed. And You were just super tired and just fell asleep, you know, as you would. Yeah. So anyway, they were ringing him and obviously couldn't get through on his mobile. Ringing the house phone, no answer, because he didn't hear it. Yeah. So they ended up having to send the police out. And you got a knock on the door, didn't you, about half past three in the morning? Yeah, yeah, I would just like you to picture the scene because <laughs> I've been sent home. My wife is in hospital having a baby and I'm fast asleep and I'm woken in the middle of the night. It's pitch black outside. Yeah. And I open my eyes and I can see blue flashing lights. Yeah. And, I, and there's someone knocking at the door really hard. So you can understand what my first thought was. Yeah. So I came downstairs and I opened the door and they were both stood there with big grins on their faces. <laughs> These two, it was a policeman and a policewoman. Right. And I said, can I help? <laughs> and they said, you need to get yourself to the hospital. 
I said, is everything okay? They said, yeah, everything's fine, but you just need to get yourself to the hospital. And I'm so glad that I remembered to say, thank you so thank much you. for doing this. And they said, that's absolutely no problem. It's nice to go and do something positive for yeah. once. <laughs> Which was just such a lovely thing to sort of do. So I got in the car and got to the hospital. And when did I arrive? She'd, she'd just been born, hadn't she? Yeah, yeah. She was born at exactly 4am. Right. And you arrived at about quarter past four, I think. Right. And luckily, though, you know... They was they were still they were dealing with me the sort of yeah. aftermath of yeah. what they'd done yeah. and a nurse was just sort of cleaning Brownie up and everything and then you walked in so I was the first person to hold it yeah other than the nurse other than the nurse obviously and wasn't there a particularly handsome person involved in that oh place? gosh this was awful they obviously had to give me an epidural and oh God, I was mortified by it now, which is so ridiculous, the things that you think of when you're in these situations. But the anaesthetist who came in was like Superman. <laughs> <laughs> and I just looked at her and I just thought, oh no. Because you, you know, you've got, you, your rear end sort of is naked out the back and oh, it was just, it was just mortifying. <laughs> And, and, you know, looking back on it, it's ridiculous to be worried about something like that, <laughs> the situation that you're in. But, it was oh so dear, so honestly. She was born and everything was lovely. Everything was fine. She was, she was tiny. Yes. She was just under six pounds. You know, she was four weeks early. So for a four weeks early baby, she was okay. Yeah. Well, the problem was, right, that because it was like a traumatic early birth, my body obviously wasn't in any state to be producing milk. And I just never really produced any milk, did I? No. I really, really tried. And well, she just wasn't going for it, though. No, she wasn't. So it was more And that. again, I think because she was early, she just maybe didn't have the energy or she wasn't developed enough or whatever it was. She just wouldn't, wouldn't have anything to do with it, really. And the hospital were very keen they to were. continue. They were, like, obsessed. They were really pressuring me to, to, keep to keep trying and keep trying. But we did. And we did, and I did. But I was it got really to the point, trying. The point where we went, look, we're going to give her a bottle, was when they said, if she doesn't start, we're going to have to put her into... Yeah, into... Um, like paediatric care kind yeah. of thing because she just wasn't eating. So we went right. And because they took her away at one point to check her blood levels because like during the night she just slept and slept and slept and not woken and I right. said this is just not right. Yeah. Um, you know, we, I said, can I just give her a bottle? Yeah. And at first they made me feed her out of this little cup. Right. Can you remember? It was a little plastic yeah. cup yeah. making a kind of sip out of it. Right. I'm thinking this is crazy this is crazy this yeah. is a premature baby yeah. and I need to get some milk into her yeah. so eventually you know we said look we I just need I just need to give her a bottle you actually went out and bought yeah. some SMA gold I did. And, and SMA we, gold then <laughs> proceeded to get an awful lot of business from us yeah and just we just gave her a bottle you know and she was absolutely fine after yeah. that yeah. and I did once we got home I did tried to carry on expressing and I yeah. did as much as I could but honestly it was just not worth it the amount I was getting no. and I was spending hours doing it no. so I made the decision after a few weeks yeah. just to to stop she was quite happy on the bottle yeah she seemed to be thriving on it there was no issues you know with her feeding or anything like that and you know it, it, it then I can't remember when because you obviously then went on to six months. What's it called? Where well, you have time off because you've. Had I was on maternity leave. I had a year. A year. Yeah, I think the first six months the pay is more, and then the second six months it's not very much much at all. But I decided just to take the full year. And I can't remember at what point we took the decision that you would stop work. It was towards the end of that year, I yeah. think. What we decided was, and it's the best decision that we ever took, that we would take, you know, obviously the dramatic financial hit, yeah. but we just felt that the right thing to do was for one of us 
to be able to focus on yeah. parenting completely. Yeah. And it was so the right thing to it do. It was absolutely the right thing to do. And I just couldn't have imagined. I, I just couldn't have done it. I couldn't no. have, have just taken my baby to a nursery because we didn't have relatives no. anywhere near us no. that could have helped. No. So it would have been a case of using a nursery. And to be honest, when you look at the cost of it, they're so expensive that yeah. really, you know, it's probably taking up such a huge chunk of your salary anyway yeah. that we thought, well, do you know what? Let's just be poor for a while and I mean, it, it, be able to, to be here. It's funny because I just don't remember us. We must have spoken about it at length. Or was it just the natural decision? I don't think we did talk about it at length, actually. Well, I don't remember I that don't, either. I don't think it was really a decision that we had to make. I think... I think it was just we both knew that... What, what's fortunate about us is we seem to be very similar in our approach to a lot of yeah. things. And you're... We're it, quite traditional, aren't we? Well, it's what I suppose you would call an old-fashioned approach yeah. to, 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 to parenting. And, you know... All sorts of different approaches can work for different people. This was just... And I think that's probably the lesson which all parents should maybe listen to, and that is do what's right for you at that time. Yeah, absolutely. That's most certainly what we you did. You know, what was right for us is not necessarily going to be right for no. everyone, not by any means. I tell you what was right for us. The approach we took to late-night feeding. It was. It was... So yeah, you know, through the night feeding, what we what we decided to do, and it worked so well. And yeah, there was honest, never it was never a problem, not even no, once. No, never ever a problem. And what we used to do was, I used to go to bed really early, so sort of half eight at night, something like that. Which is funny. Because that's I still do that now. <laughs> and then you used to stay up with her. Until no, at, at the time, I'd, I'd taken on, I was a teacher at the time, but yeah. I'd taken on some, some playing work. Drums, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was playing in a, a functions band, so I would tend to get in about sort of half eleven. Yeah. And she would then wake up. About then, yeah. So it sort of made sense that, you know, even when I wasn't playing, yeah. I would stay up your body was in that kind of yeah. rhythm wasn't it yeah so I would stay up you'd go to bed yeah and we'd then I'd go to bed yeah and then when she woke up at sort of three-ish two-ish three-ish something like that you'd then get up then and I'd get up with her and stay up with her and do the feed and stuff and do feeds and you know yeah. and those times else. I remember those times brilliantly yeah so do I I loved all those sort of moments yeah. You know, just just a dark night watching something great, normally twenty four, yeah. on 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 box set, and it yeah. just being that just brilliant sort of. And I, you know, I think I uh, I just really appreciated those because I think a lot of men don't get that bonding yeah. opportunity, no. and I certainly did. I made a few errors. Well, um, well we all do. Swinging her like that. Oh, that's a bad idea. After she's had some milk. In a Moses basket. And then projectile vomit. <laughs> but, you know, and then I also remember laying the pink. Was it the pink? What would it have been? Or would it have been one of the ones that your mum had? Yeah, probably mum made some blankets. I put it on my knee. You would have taught me how yeah, to do this. Yeah. Put it on my knee, then put Bryony on top. Yeah. Then I remember falling asleep on my legs. <laughs> but luckily she was in a blanket. So luckily the blanket was there. I just remember oh waking gosh. up and she's like, I'm like, oh my goodness. Gosh. But then off we sort of journeyed into parenthood yeah and and my days were kind of filled with um i would go to the park every day you know i'd get out every single day in the fresh air i would so we'd go for a long walk i would take her she grew a bit older i'd take her to soft play or we'd go to the library yeah or you know lots of different things lots of different sort of lovely little activities and i loved it you know, I loved it. I loved those years before she started school. Yeah, I mean, I when I think back now, I I sort of regret the fact. I mean, I didn't miss all of that. No, you no. But you know, but, certainly no more than you needed to. No, but because I was, and I think it was hard. It was hard on you 
in that you were here in a new town. That's true. We moved when Brian own. was yeah. When Brian was six months, we moved yeah. to where we are now. So yeah, the, I only knew when we first moved here because I'd never been here in my life. I knew how to get to Morrison's in the car <laughs> and drive into town, and that was it. I didn't know anywhere else. <laughs> but I was happy, you know. Yeah. I knew how to get to the supermarket. I knew yeah. how to get into town. So that's all the things you I need. Could, we've got a park, which we're actually walking through right now. That she used to play in. Yeah, she we're used walking to play by. And we're just going by the play area yeah. now. We used to. I remember bringing her here on Christmas yeah, Day yeah. when you were in getting food ready. Oh, really? I would bring her for a walk here. Yeah, I've got a picture yeah. of her when she, it's like quite unbelievable, quite a thick snow. Yes, we did. Crumbs. I mean, that must have been yeah. once. Yeah. I can't imagine it was more than that. But of course, she, we had an issue with Bryony in that she didn't walk until she was three and three quarters. No. She had um, hip dysplasia. Yeah. Very marginal though, wasn't it? it? Yeah, well, I mean, it was a very sort of long and traumatic time really because there was quite a period of time when we thought she might need surgery sort of which would mean her in a sort of a full body cast and we got to the point where because it's all to do with the kind of angles and things yeah. in the hips and this angle in one of one of the hips was worse than the other and the angles were always getting better whenever we went for checkups but this one surgeon wanted to operate, you know, yeah. there was no, no really arguing with him. And we went for a second opinion. We got, we got recommended another doctor by our GP and we went to this other consultant in another town and he did fresh x-rays and examined her. And he actually said that he wouldn't see a better hip probably, you know, for quite some time. Yeah. And that he wouldn't do surgery at all. No. So we were vastly relieved because we had, you know, we've always gone by our kind of gut, haven't we? Yeah. And we felt that she was okay. Yeah. You know, she was running around and yeah. not in any pain and no. all this, but this particular consultant was really nasty and he wrote us a really horrible letter, didn't he? He just had a, I, was I just think he had a bit tears. of a God complex. So yeah, that was a huge kind of, I don't know, very, it sort of consumes your mind because she was almost seven before. I think she was seven. She might have been going on eight, actually, when we got that second opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and we could I, sort I, of... I, I think no, no matter what happens, though, you know, you, you, you make the most informed decision that you can at the time. Absolutely, yeah. set us off then into sort of school yeah. and, and, and into secondary school and yeah. all primary school was was wonderful it was yeah it was lovely she went to a lovely school absolutely gorgeous school she loved every single day yeah at primary school and always wanted to go well actually we've been gifted in the sense of we've never had a problem with her uh, wanting to go to school and I recall me <laughs> definitely not wanting to go to school. Yeah, and I'm sure I did as well. Well, you know, I, I, I would have hated that. I don't know about you. Mm. I would have really struggled as a parent. And I think yeah. that, that's one of the big changes in. Well, maybe it's not a change, but I certainly perceive that that the. Well, it is a change. I remember when I was young and I was at school. If I got told off at school. When I got home, I would be told off again. Yeah. Whereas now, and we all slip into this, because I'm as guilty as the next person with this. If our child gets told off, yeah. or, or, you know, something, there's an issue, your natural reaction is to defend the child. Yeah. And it's interesting how society's changed. Yeah. From, I mean, I don't know what the situation like, but I well know you were always... I was older than you, so... But you were always the lovely. The teacher was always... I was all... Yeah, I never had any issues at school. Sorry. <laughs> well, I didn't... <laughs> You're implying... <laughs> I certainly didn't have issues at school, but I think all boys get told off at some point yeah, at school. Yeah, And um, I just remember, I remember getting absolutely roasted. And, you know, it's difficult to know where the right sort of line is 
but I, I mean, as an ex-teacher, my view on it, I mean, it's difficult because you, you find yourself torn because you've surely got to trust the teacher. Yeah, well, that was always the case in my day. Yeah. But and I don't think that is what parents think any longer. And I think... Or, not all parents. Well, I would, if I'm honest with you, I would... My, my initial, my gut reaction would be, if Bryony got into trouble, would be to question very closely why she got into trouble. Yeah. And, and it's just interesting how society's taken us to that point. Yeah. Where, you know, it's... But I suppose it's clan. You know, it's Ayla, it's clan of the yeah, cave bears. Yeah, you, you, sticking you, together. Well, you do, and, and you know, you, you protect your own, I suppose. Yeah. But um, what would you say have been the hardest points? The hardest points. Yeah, I mean, I know you found, you know, the, the, the teenage years slightly more challenging than... Oh, my goodness, I really am finding the teenage years challenging. Um, but, you know, I, I found it really difficult, that period when she was very, very tiny, when she'd only really just been born, when she wasn't feeding, because I think that's kind of impacted a lot of... You know, I, I got a lot of anxiety over that. Moving forward, yeah. you know, I was always worried, has she drunk enough, has she eaten enough, is yeah. she okay? Yeah. And I think it stems back to that time. Yeah, it would do, I suppose, yeah. wouldn't it? The hard part about the teenage years, and we touched on this at the start, is yeah. this is the moment when they're sort of blossoming and becoming... Yeah, they're working out who they're going to be, aren't they? Yeah. So you've just got to support them through it, and it's... It's just, it's just a difficult time, but I think it's just because she's just, she's just changed quite a lot in terms of, um, she was never, she's become more of a kind of typical child of her age. Yeah. And previous to that, she, she, I never felt that she was, I always felt she, you know, she was, just this really happy, smiley, yeah. um, sweet little girl. Yeah. And I think it's when they change from that little girl yeah. into a young adult, yeah. they lose that childlike quality. Yeah. And I think I'm just sad, really. <laughs> but then I think, gosh, you know, in a couple of years, she's going to be 16. Yes. And, um, you know, that's amazing. That, she, I still find it amazing that she's 14. I know, I know. I mean, you know, it's just, but she's just in that period of like, everything's boring, <laughs> um, isn't it? Yeah. I think it, uh, the, the, the question, I suppose, is what is the job of a parent? And I think that it's to create a well-rounded human being that yeah, can go off into the world absolutely. and can contribute something. Yeah. And I would, I'd really like to think, given the fact she's never had an issue going to school, no. given the fact she's never had an issue with homeworks, no. she's got a good work ethic, yeah. that we've done an awful lot of things. I mean, I mean, her grades are amazing. We just had another review at school, didn't we, just last yeah. week? Yeah. And she's, there's only a couple of subjects where she's you know, got to pay a bit more attention. Um, but her her like behaviour and her homework was A for absolutely every subject. Which is great because, you know, I think every one of us knows that to get on in life, you've just got to have the right attitude. Yeah. And, you know, it, it is all about, it's all about working hard and yeah, yeah. being, as you say, you know, it's really important. And I do think that that sort of sunny character is still in there. Yeah, it is. You just have to get three or four days into a holiday, three or you, four days yeah, out of school. Yeah, you have to sort of get her away from school for a few days. Because and that's when it starts to come back again. It's, it's the influence of her peers. Yeah. And I, this happens to, to every child, I think, doesn't it, really? Yeah. But I think depending on your personality, you can be one of the stronger people or you can be one of the people who's more influenced by them. Well, I think she's shown that she's one of the stronger people because... Yeah, she had a situation yesterday, didn't she, with one of her friends? She absolutely did, but I, I think more, more the point is she's not... She doesn't toe the line with regards to how children think they should look no she absolutely age. doesn't she's got her own image she's got her own look she yeah. likes her own things yeah. i actually think she she's, enjoys she's being not, different yeah she's not swayed at all by you know all the, the vast majority of girls her age the way that they look you know a lot of them are wearing makeup they're all 
spending time, you know, a lot of time on their hair and their appearance and things like this. And she's just more interested in her music and her books and... So I think, you know, sort of uh, trying to sort of round up the whole parenthood side of things. I mean, you spoke at the start about feeling like there's a weight of responsibility and, yeah. and I think neither of us have particularly felt that, which is really good. Oh. And, I, you know, personally, I felt really as soon as she was born that this is what I was born to do. Oh. I mean, I don't know about you, but I've never felt... I think that the hardest thing is... It um, feels quite natural, you mean? Yeah, it feels really natural, but yeah. I think that the hardest challenge in all of it is uh, remembering that, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you're a parent yeah. and you're not a friend. Do you know what no, I mean? No, that's right, yeah. Getting that right. line between the two things is really quite a challenge. So, we've made it home. How many miles did you do? 2.08. My goodness. So that's exactly that's perfect. what I always do. But I did do 1.3 this morning just walking to the shop. So right. I've done about... And you track that too? Yes, good. I've done about three and a half maybe nice today. One. That's so good. that's pretty good. So yeah, just sort of rounding up the, the, the whole parenthood thing. I mean, it's a huge subject and it's something we could talk about uh, uh, for, for hours. Oh yeah. But you know... I, I don't know if parents are born, not made. I've certainly felt like at no point has it been hard. No, I've never, no, I mean, not, not hard in that sense, no. I know that some people do really struggle, um, but... I don't think that it would be, it wouldn't be a problem had we had to work at it. No. But I just think, for, for personally, being totally honest with you, at no point have I ever thought, oh, what have we done? <laughs> oh, gosh, no. But, you know, I mean, we should say that, obviously, I've never had another child, and that's a couple of reasons. One is because I was 34 when I had Bryony, and then by the time we'd got through the whole hip situation... I was getting on for 40 and... I think one was always enough. Though. I never wanted another, you know, no. as I said at the beginning, I was, I never, you know, I'd never had that longing to have children. So the fact that I'd got one lovely child, I, yeah. I was absolutely contented with that. And also when I had her, they did say to me that if you have another, all of this medical situation would likely happen again. So that obviously, you know, put me off as well. And I just decided straight away that I just was very happy having one child. And you I, know. I think if naturally there'd been a feeling that we wanted to... Absolutely, but I never, I never had it. an urge to have and another neither child. Did I. So. Neither did I. I mean, you know. And I didn't beat myself up over that because I know, you know, some people say, oh, you can't just have one and... You know, but you need, they need a brother and they need a sister or what have you. But I never had those issues at all with her and she certainly never felt lacking, I'm certain. Why would a, an only child feel lacking? I, I don't know why... Because you know, they're not... But there's, there's advantages and disadvantages, I think, isn't there? You know, they've got well, the advantage of being the only one. Yeah. And then they've got the disadvantage that they've not got brothers and sisters to play with them, to keep them occupied. And I think largely, you know, that's maybe why parents do have more than one because then it takes the weight off a little bit in terms of them playing together you know they play you can they can be playing together while you're getting on with things and, and things like that but have we ever had an issue with Bryony with playing no she's she was always happy to play you know by herself but how often did she that it, it wasn't I, I think that the, the benefit that we've had is that you married someone who was... But who's a child still? Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> yes. But, you know, we've never had an issue with actually spending time with her and playing with her. That's that's what I did. You know, that's why I didn't go back to work. And that because problem, I wanted there, to be there for perhaps her. Perhaps is the reason why, actually, well, oh, because if you think about it, if you're leaving a child yeah, with a child yeah. minor, if there's two of them, I would suddenly feel a lot better. Yeah. Because I would think, well, at least... They've got each other. Yes. Yeah. So, absolutely. you know, that, there's that, pros and cons yeah. to it. I mean, you know? it does start and to make a lot of sense. Everybody's situation is individual, and we were just happy just to have Bryony. And yeah, I, was, I felt very contented, and I loved being a mum, and, and, you know, I loved those early years with her. And you're, I mean, what, what's so interesting about you is whilst you think otherwise, you're the most natural m mother. You say this to me, I know you say this to me, it's very strange, and I don't. 
I don't know. I guess because I've never had those maternal feelings. Yeah. I, I somehow think that, you know, how could I be a natural mum? Because I've, I've never had those urges. And I, I think that what I said to you the other day is, is perhaps true, and that is that your strong point has been, because you never envisaged it and imagined it, mm. you've just gone into it with a completely open mind and, well, that and, was true, yeah. and very, very that was sort true. of naturally. Yeah. And so because of that, to me, a natural mum is someone who is, you know, always worried about the drinking and the eating and making sure, you know, that they're dressed up and nice and warm and, yeah. and you know, yeah. reading I stories. Think it's and the, I guess it's doing things without thinking about it, isn't that's it? it? That's it. it, yeah. it when it's not a choice, it just happens. Yeah. These things mm -hmm. just happen. And, you know, you are a completely natural mum. And, it, you know, it's been, it's been a great experience. And actually, I'm really looking forward to the future because we're now at that point where she's about to go off on her first big... Gosh, yeah, we didn't speak about this, but she's, she's going on a school trip. It's not until March 2021, yeah. so we've got just over a year. In March 2021, she's going to Rome and Sorrento for six days. I mean, it will be amazing. And it'll be, it'll be amazing. Those are the types of trips which will change lives yeah, and be yeah. remembered forever. Yeah, I mean, she'll be 15 and a half by then, yeah. you know, so... I think she'd be capable of it now, to be honest, yeah. you know? She's, she's been away on residentials She before. has, she's been away on little residentials. And never had a problem. Never had a problem, no. But by the time she's 15 and a half, you know, and at first she said she didn't want to go, but then by the next day she decided she did want to go. And I was kind of hoping she was going to say she didn't want to go. I know. But, but the, the, the beauty of this situation is we now get to have a honeymoon. Well, we do. This is the thing, you know. This is kind of what's made me sort of, <laughs> look forward to it a little bit more than I was because we never had a honeymoon um, and now we kind of feel like this is our time you know she's away for almost a week and we, we can go away we're not you know when I say go away it'll be somewhere in this country that's we'll not the point the we'll probably go to the Lake District it's, it doesn't matter where we go no. I think the point is that we've never ever you know never in the past 14 years have we gone away by ourselves have no. we anywhere no. without no. her funnily enough the last place we went to by ourselves was Rome. <laughs> How funny is that? It's fate. We did. We went to Rome, you know, the month before I became pregnant again. And now Brian will be going to Rome, which means that we can have our own little honeymoon. The circle so, is now complete. Absolutely. So we're really excited about that, aren't we? We because are really excited. And one of the things which I loved on her first sleepover was well, we got up early the next morning mm. and we just went for a mm. walk, we just you and me. And yeah. it, it was like discovering oh, it was this amazing. person. It was, it was amazing. We got up, she was at a sleepover, which she hasn't done very many sleepovers, but no. she was at one and we, we did. We got up at seven and we were out the door, weren't we, at seven? It's, it's just nuts. And we it's went like, for a really long walk. It was about four, four and a half miles, something like that. We've always had a, a great relationship, but to, it's like, oh my goodness, hold on a minute. I've actually just remembered the reason why Bryony exists. Yeah, you, you, because... It's you, because of you. Yeah, it's true, though, isn't it? You know, when you have children, you do have less time for each other. Yeah. And that that is just a natural thing that happens. And I've certainly not resented any oh, no. any of it. Or... Because n neither of us even thought about no, it up but, until that morning. No, no, <laughs> it never entered our heads. that Because we never wanted to go away without her. No, that was no, the no, thing. no. You know, some parents say, oh, you know, the kids are with the grandchildren, grandparents and we're going that away. Desire, we never wanted to for do us, that. that desire was just never there. No, I would not I would never have gone away without her. No. But now that, you know, she's older and she wants to do this and she's more independent and she's excited about it. And I'm thinking, do you know what? It'll be really good for me as well because I think it'll be... It'll just be good, Not I'm not letting go as such, but it's just allowing her to become space. more independent and giving her that bit of space, yeah. yeah. So I think it'll be really good for all of us that week. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Shocking. And on that happy note, folks, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll wind up this uh, little conversation about parenthood. It's just, like we said at the start, it's literally been a, just a, a glimpse, a little look into how we've approached it. And what worked for us 
probably wouldn't work for other people. No, absolutely. You've just got to find your own You've got to find way. your groove, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, and it has been and will continue to be the greatest experience ever. Yeah, that anyone can have, I would say. But having it with you has been just marvellous. Well, that's very kind. And I look forward to, you know, there's so many days you look forward to, you know, GCSE results, A-level mm. results, mm. university graduation, mm. marriage. Oh, stop it. It's true, though. Well, it is true, I know. And, and I know. we'll finish with this question, and I, I throw this open to, to the floor, and that is, why is it, as soon as you have children, that life goes on fast forward? It absolutely does, yeah. Because up until that moment, it's not. No. And then you true. have children, and yeah, then before you yeah. know it, you're nearly 50. I know. Thank you. You're so cheeky. But Got two years yet. Yes. <laughs> Folks, thank you so much for listening Thanks, on everyone. this rather lovely Friday the 13th. But remember, it's December, so who cares? Yes, I'm not, date. I'm not superstitious one bit, so it doesn't bother <laughs> me. And you didn't me. trip, so clearly it doesn't no, work. No, it doesn't bother me at yeah. all. Now, folks, when will we be back? Well, we will see you, would you believe it, on Boxing Day. Goodness me. Oh, yes. Boxing Day is the day for a walk. It always has been. It certainly was when I was young. We'd yeah, always go yeah, somewhere yeah. posh and go for a lovely walk. Yeah. Well, we'll see you on Boxing Day for a lovely walk, and we will be discussing, because the other thing that you need around Christmas time is something great to watch. So to follow up our, the what are the ingredients to a good book, we're going to be doing a show on what are the ingredients to a great TV series. Ooh. We'll be talking about shows we've loved, things that we're enjoying right now, and also hoping that you can help us find some new wonderful things to watch as well. Cool. So, folks, thank you so much for listening. Thanks, everyone. And we will see you on Boxing Day. See you soon. The Bakery Bears radio show is brought to you by Bakery Bear Productions and is made possible by our Bakery Bear patrons. Find out how you can join our Bakery Bear community, access more of what we do, and keep the show on air by visiting www.bakerybears.com forward slash listen forward slash.